the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Don't fail to miss it. That was one of my dad's favorite expressions, and it applies here to the Winter Olympics in Beijing. The official ceremonies are tonight, or they were already, and we're going to see them tonight, whatever. Uh, But actually, I won't fail to miss it because I plan on not watching one second of it. And that gets us to our equivalent of the gold medal. And now, it's time for The Jerk of the Week, starring John Steigerwald. And look who wins it this week, the Speaker of the House of Representatives, for saying this. I would say to our athletes, you're there to compete. Do not risk incurring the anger of the Chinese government because they are ruthless. I know there is a temptation on the part of some to speak out while they are there. I respect that, but I also worry about what the Chinese government might do to their reputations, to their families. In other words, shut up and ski. Uh, Not only should the United States not be taking part in the Olympics, but the United States should have led the movement to move them somewhere else, anywhere else. McKeesport would be better than Communist China. They'll, they'll have their opening ceremonies televised to the world tonight, and commentators will be gushing about what a wonderful spectacle, spectacle it is and what a great job the Chinese are doing and blah, blah, blah. Well, the Republicans in the House tried to get Nancy with the laughing face to lead the movement to move the games, but she ignored them. And then she waits until the day they open to mention that the Chinese are ruthless and tell the American athletes to shut up. They're calling this the Genocide Olympics. That's not a good name to have attached to your event, the Genocide Anything. And they're being compared to the 1936 Olympics in Berlin when Hitler was given a really nice opportunity to, uh, you know, advertise all the wonderful things about Nazi Germany to the world. So... Do yourself and everybody else a favor and ignore the Olympics. You might even think about not buying any of the products that you find out are being advertised. NBC is going to make tons of money on this and has no shame. But I have a feeling the ratings are really going to stink. Nancy Pelosi won't be bringing home any medals, but she sure brought home the Windows R Us Jerk of the Week Award. The Jerk of the Week is brought to you by Windows R Us, Pittsburgh's premier exterior replacement company. Expert repair and replacement for windows, roofs, siding, doors, gutters, and downspouts. Why pay double? Visit WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. In our second half hour tonight, we're going to talk to a man, uh, talk about a man, I should say, who, who might be swimming in the Olympics as a woman four years from now. Uh, We'll talk about that with a guy who tried transitioning to being a woman and came back to being a man. And after the break, some numbers that should convince you, if you're not convinced already, that making kids wear masks borders on child abuse. Stick around. So, have you quit smoking yet? I've been talking about this for a while, and maybe I'm starting to feel like I'm nagging you. And maybe somebody else has been nagging you to quit smoking. Uh, it would be pretty annoying for people who don't smoke to be around you, maybe, if you do smoke. And maybe you're aware of that and you think it's high time you quit. Well, that's why you should check out nicotinetest.com. It's the one I've been telling you about that's based on your, uh, your chemistry, based on a urine test that you take. And they will look at it and customize your treatment so that you can get through quitting without feeling miserable. Uh, it's a, a quit rate of 70%. That's 7 out of 10. And there's a money-back guarantee. 
And now for a limited time, you can get your expert tobacco coaching free with a nicotine test purchase. Their experts then guide you with tips and secrets to finally get through the whole thing and make quitting a reality. MyNicotineTest.com works with all tobacco products, including vaping and smokeless. If you have questions, call MyNicotineTest at 1-800-45-SMOKE. 1-800-45-SMOKE. If you're not a smoker, order a gift card for your loved one at MyNicotineTest.com. That's MyNicotineTest.com. If you're with Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile, you're paying too much for your wireless service. Because Pure Talk gives you the exact same 5G coverage as one of those big carriers on the exact same network, but saves the average family over $800 a year. And Pure Talk doesn't lock you into an overpriced, unlimited data contract. Why pay for data you don't need? Instead, get unlimited talk, text, and 6 gigs of data for just $30 a month. And switching is so easy. You can keep your phone and keep your number. Or get huge discounts on the latest iPhones and Androids. So what are you waiting for? Start saving today. Go to puretalk.com, type in your address to find the coverage at your home, then enter promo code HALFOFF, and you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. Guess puretalk.com, promo code HALFOFF. Pure Talk is simply smarter wireless. Let's ring in the new year by checking off an important to-do. Your old videotapes and photos are fading as each year passes. VCRs are becoming extinct, and the clock is ticking to save your family's most cherished memories. Hi, I'm Adam Baselogger. And I'm Nick Mako. We started Legacy Box to help you preserve your captured moments by converting all your videotapes, photos, and even film reels into perfectly preserved digital files. Legacy Box is the easiest resolution to do and can be done in minutes. Just fill your Legacy Box, send it in, and we'll send it back with your memories perfectly preserved. Legacy Box is the world's largest digitizer of home movies and photos. All the work is done right here in the USA, and over a million customers have trusted Legacy Box. Let's kick off the new year right by rescuing your memories that haven't been watched or enjoyed in years. Order your Legacy Box today. Go to LegacyBox.com slash LBOX for 40% off your Legacy Box. That's LegacyBox.com slash LBOX for 40% off. LegacyBox.com slash LBOX. Let me ask you, what does your perfect wedding day look like? I'll bet you've imagined it over and over again. The crisp spring air, the fresh grass giving way beneath you as you walk towards your future, surrounded by the people you love the most. So what's in the way of you believing it's possible for you to have it? Are you believing the lie that you are meant to be alone? Or maybe you don't know what a Christian romance should look like or where to find it. Hi, I'm Jackie Dorman. And I invite you to join me in my free Married in 12 Months Challenge, where you will discover your heart's desire of a loving marriage. In this challenge, I'll teach you why now's your time to find love, what are the lies that are holding you back, why God wants you married, the biblical law of attraction, and the tools to become a bride. Don't wait any longer. Just sign up for my free Married in 12 Months 5-Day Challenge at lovestories.com, and you can start your journey to find that lasting loving relationship now. Join me at lovestories.com. This is the John Stackerwalt Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. Well, we're two years into the COVID hysteria now, and I've been saying for about a year and a half, I guess, that uh, when this is all over, I think that uh, there is, of course, assuming that there is an end to the insanity, I'm saying that the debate's going to be about who overreacted the most. Uh, It'll be a pretty good debate, but for me, the leader in the clubhouse right now is whoever decided it was a good idea to make little kids wear masks in school. Jeffrey H. Anderson is a writer for CityJournal.org and president of the American Main Street Initiative. He joins us now. Jeff, thanks for being here. Thanks, John. Thanks for having me on. So uh, your piece at uh, City Journal sure will be good ammunition for anybody who claims uh, masking kids was the worst idea. I guess you could come up, uh, sum up your conclusion with your first sentence, which uh, reads like this. Children are the most masked people in America and clearly the people least needing to be masked. Lots of people in charge obviously disagree. (laughs) Yeah, it's hard to see how they could disagree. I mean, it's been clear from early on that kids are less apt to spread COVID by by all appearances, at least. and And they clearly are so much less likely to be affected by it. And yet, adults seem to be targeting them, and it's uh, it's horrible. I mean, the, the here here's one stat to illustrate the difference between how much 
COVID affects adults versus kids, someone over the age of 85, a typical person over 85, has more than 3,000 times the chance of dying of COVID than someone under 18. And even someone in, in their 30s has had 35 times the chance that a kid has had of dying of COVID. So they're, they're not going to, I mean, almost no kids are dying of COVID, but they're being forced to live their lives in this, uh, you know, this ridiculous fashion with masks on their face their whole lives. Yeah, we got a lot of other numbers we'll get to, too. But what about the people, including a lot of parents, who say their kids are, you know, they're fine with masks, and it might even make them tougher? <laughs> if their kids are fine with masks, that ought to be a particular point of concern. I mean, the last thing you want is a kid who's, uh, who's so used to having a mask on his or her face that it seems normal. I mean, as human beings are meant to show their faces to one another and interact. And, um, I, mean, I mean, that ought to be a, a real source of concern for anybody whose kid says that. And you have a little story in, in the piece that you wrote uh, about a woman, I think it was in Virginia, and what her little kid said to her about masks. Yeah, her mom said, "Now, now you can. Now that Governor Youngkin is in uh, is is in the the governor's uh, mansion in Virginia, and, and said we don't have to have masks in schools. Um, you don't have to wear a mask anymore at uh, mommy's school." And her five year old said, "But people will be able to see my face." Yeah, like we don't, we can't have that. That's <laughs> no, I mean, it. Really, is terrible. I mean, it's low grade child abuse, and it's 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 amazing that this has happened. Um, but it hasn't happened equally across the country. Yeah, I mean, there's a huge difference, obviously, between what what's been going on in places like Florida under Governor DeSantis versus, say, California under Governor Newsom. Yeah, we'll get to that in a second because they're they're stunning numbers, actually. But let's uh, let's look at some stats. Uh, and you used uh, numbers, by the way. Let's make it clear as we go through here. These are all numbers provided by the CDC. You didn't make them up. But it, <laughs> right, and as, you, <clears throat> and as you mentioned, it's still old people by far who are dying of COVID. In fact, I think you could say really old people who are dying of COVID still to this day. Yeah, if a, I mean, this hasn't changed much at all across the COVID period, but across the whole basically two years now, somebody who's 74 and dies of or with COVID is actually a little on the young side compared to the average. More than half of the, of the people who have died of COVID in the United States have been, have been 75 or over. Um, and about half of those have been 85 or over, and, and almost no one has died under the age of 30, and certainly under the age of 25. But everybody's wearing masks, and everybody's hiding under their beds, and uh, these numbers are right there for everybody to see. As you said, uh, they're, they're, they come from the CDC. Um, 99.999%. I think that I think you could call that zero, but 99.999%. <laughs> of kids under 18 have not died of COVID, not died of COVID. So what, right. what is the justification that the, the, the smart people are giving for making these kids wear masks? Yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's amazing. And, and it's, it's 99.999% have not died of COVID, either, either because they haven't gotten it or because they've gotten it and have recovered from it. And that, those, that's the national figure. Um, through January 15th, it was the same percentage in Florida where kids have lived freely. And it's the same percentage in California where they've lived like minimum security prisoners. So pretty much we're having no effect, I mean, at least out to the fourth decimal point of, on any sort of fatality rates for kids by making them uh, live like this. Yet, uh, yet in some places, people think this is, is tremendously important. And it, it's, it's hard to figure out why, John. I mean, it's almost as if... Uh, I think we've seen it throughout this COVID period that, that those who can be tyrannized are or have been. And, yeah. and kids, kids, are, kids are vulnerable. I mean, they, they can't really push back against their parents, against the school administrators, against the public health officials. They can't vote. And, uh, you know, when, when the people have been able to, to have some say, like when legislatures have made the decisions, we haven't seen any mandates. But when it gets farther from the people, it just gets more and more tyrannical. And unfortunately, kids seem to be the ones who have gotten the very worst of it. You know, you'd think it would be pretty simple for Governor Newsom out in California to pick up the phone and say, you know what, or tell his, uh, tell his secretary, uh, get the CDC on the phone, and then ask him, listen, I'm just checking here, uh, what are the chances of, uh, of a kid in under 18, based on what we've seen here now for over two years, what are the chances of a kid under 18 dying from COVID? That would take a phone call, and they'd say, well, Governor, 
Uh, looks um, from my according to my figures here, ninety nine point nine nine percent. 999% uh, of kids kids under 18 have not died of covid and he was hang up the phone and say okay everybody has to wear a mask i mean i just don't <laughs> I, I don't understand it's it's just it's just it's so beyond stupidity yeah and it's hard to believe that it's genuine that he thinks the masks work because you know we've seen him on a, a right. number of occasions now most recently uh at the rams game right. the other day uh not wearing a mask, if, yep. if he really thought they worked, then presumably he would wear them and have the people around him wear them. Um, I, you know, it's the, the, the teachers' union wants the kids to be masked, and, and uh, I think Newsom's answering the teachers' union. Now, why the teachers' union doesn't care about the kids' happiness or development is, is another question. Yeah, but um, again, it, it, these are teachers. You're supposed to assume that you're, uh, someone who's teaching your kids is a, you know, a relatively smart person. They're, they're, these numbers are available to anybody who wants to read your piece or wants to just look into a little bit and go to the CDC website. I'm sure they're out there somewhere. Uh, what could possibly be their motivation for this? Are they afraid they're going to catch it? And is well, there any in- indication that they will? Yeah, I think that's part of it, that they think that, oh, the kids could spread it to me and I'm more susceptible. Well, you know, at some point, you, you can't have a society where, where the kids are expected to just uh, – to take one for the team for all the yeah. adults. And it's just not the way a healthy society works. And it's really not how a teacher ought to view this situation, especially given that, you know, the availability of the vaccines and all that, you know, if, if they work, then why is the teacher worried? Um, but I, I also, uh, I don't, I don't know. I mean, it, it's, it, it's crazy. I think some of them actually are convinced that the kids are, uh, are susceptible because they just don't look at the numbers at all. But, um, there's no good explanation for why this is going on. It does, and, and again, the other piece of it is that all along, it, is certainly, uh, it certainly appears that kids are less apt to spread the virus to other people as well. That hasn't really been completely proven, but that's by all indications, they're less apt to spread it than other people are. And not to mention the fact that there are people from the CDC who are now saying that the cloth masks don't work anyway and never did. So... All the mask wearing that we did for the last two years, kids included, has uh, has been a waste of time. I, I saw a picture, uh, Jeff, today. Uh, I think it was on Twitter. Somebody posted it. I don't know what somebody's website, but whoever I don't know where it came from. But it was a picture of a door leading into a gym or a cafeteria somewhere at a high school in Virginia, and the doors were blocked by folding table, you know, long cafeteria type tables that were put up against the door locking unmasked kids into a room so that they wouldn't be around to contaminate the masked kids. Um, and, that, and this is in Virginia where the governor has declared that these mask mandates are n- no longer legal. Uh, right. And that, that's how, that's the, that is the degree to which people are obsessed with these masks that don't work. Yeah, the cult of the mask has been truly amazing. And um, I think you and I have talked about it before, that the, the best scientific research shows that I mean, randomized controlled trials uh, suggest that masks do little to nothing to, pre- to prevent the spread of viruses. And, and they uh, are possibly even con- um, contradic- or, uh, contradictory. They, or, uh, you know, they, they make it worse. And, um, and the, you know, the, the cloth masks, the surgical masks, all of them, they're, they're, they they really don't work, and even if they did, the effect on people's quality of life would uh, would not make them worth wearing if we were in something anything less than like the bubonic plague. Yeah, right. And and you have some other numbers that's interesting. Uh, we've we've established pretty well that kids under eighteen are not getting sick with COVID. It's just not happening. Not seriously sick. Um, but there's a huge gap between people in their thirties and kids under eighteen. Yeah, 35 to 1, which is pretty incredible in light of the fact that people in their 30s are only about 1% as likely to die of COVID as people in their, who are over 85. And, and then they're 35 times more likely to die of COVID than someone under 18. But so there are, really has been, they're also it, not likely to die because their, their chances, their, their survival rate is what, 99.98? <laughs> Probably, yeah. I mean, it's extremely high. This is a 
you know, this this disease has been quite merciful in, in sparing those in the you know the young and those in the, in the prime of life. It's 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 been hard on people who are already uh, you know relatively near death or or suffer from from bad health conditions and are, and advanced age. But uh, it's the uh, the Spanish flu of a little over a hundred years ago went after people in their twenties and thirties and left orphans in its wake. And this has been nothing like that. And yet. Um, you know, the, the level of hysteria and panic and, um, I, I, it's crazy. And it's, there's nothing more ludicrous than watching children be forced to wear these things on their faces. And, and especially like when they're playing sports. Yeah. Now I want to get to that in a second, but first, um, Oregon and Idaho, you, uh, you make a, you show a comparison between those two, two states close next to each other, actually. Um, uh, a good comparison there between what's happening in each of those states. Yeah, I mean, right across from the, bo- the border from one another, Oregon has been a, uh, a very masky state, and uh, and Idaho has never had a mask mandate for kids or adults. And a hundred point zero 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 percent of kids in Oregon have not died of COVID, and one hundred point zero 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 percent of kids in Idaho have not died of COVID as of January fifteenth. And again, that's the CDC's own numbers. So, uh, you know, do you want to live? freely in Idaho and have the same chance of survival as, as living uh, like a quasi-prisoner in Oregon, um, I'd certainly pick Idaho. So let's review. Uh, no kids have died in either state, and one state well, they, has every has kids wearing uh, masks and the other does not, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. basically. I mean, if you go out to the, uh, the fourth decimal point, then there, it turns out there's been one death in Idaho of a kid and, and, as of January 15th and, and two in Oregon. Um, but uh, to the third decimal point, it's 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 a hundred and, and okay. it's awfully close to a period. Okay, but but there there have been a total of three kids in both states who have died, and we don't know if those kids didn't have other issues. Right. Uh, I'm guessing right. uh, there's a there's good chance that at least one of them, and I'm guessing all three, uh, had something beyond that they that they had um, underlying conditions. Put it that way. Yeah, and, and, and regardless, Oregon's numbers are not one bit better than, than Idaho's, despite the fact that they've made their kids wear masks constantly. And people hear this. There's somebody riding in their car or sitting somewhere listening to this right now who still thinks their kids should wear masks to school. That's the scary thing to me. Um, <laughs> but here's my favorite. This is the Los Angeles Unified School District. That's a big school district, I'm guessing. Lots of people. Um, masking will be required at all times, indoors and outdoors. Students will be required to wear a non-cloth. They're getting off the cloth now. They'll required to wear will, will be required to wear a non-cloth mask with a nose wire at all times, including while participating in athletic activities. Has anybody produced any science to back up that stupidity, or any numbers to show that it's been a good idea? No, they haven't. I mean, it's incredible. I, I, I can't think of a better reason to move out of Los Angeles than that. But it's, you know, I think that is, that lunacy is, is, is interesting because the, there seems to be sort of a, a bit of a war on the left starting to happen where, um, like, The Atlantic um, keeps running pieces, the, the magazine keeps running pieces by people who are, are mask skeptics and think it's time to stop masking kids. And so I think you're, you're starting to see a fair number of people on the left are starting to come to their senses about this and join uh, those on the right. Um, but then you've got others on the left, like the Los Angeles Unified School District and like Berkeley, um, where they're just doubling down and making it even stricter. And, uh, and so that's going to be an interesting battle to see play out. Um, but I, I think it's clear that the, the American citizenry slowly but surely is coming to its senses on the masks. Uh, real quick here, we've got about a minute left. Why is Washington, D.C. the worst, and why are Wyoming, Vermont, and New Hampshire the best when it comes to the, uh, the stupidity or not being stupid? <laughs> well, Washington, D.C. has been probably more locked down and, and masked than any place, than any state, um, and, and yet it has the worst numbers for uh, child deaths, although even there it's still, you know, 99.996% have survived COVID, but, but they have worse numbers than all these places that have not had mask mandates. And the three states you mentioned, Wyoming, Vermont, and New Hampshire, none of which had mask mandates as of January 15th in schools, those, none, of them, none of those have even had a single death of a kid. Um, so 
you know, all in all, it's uh, you know, 99.999% nationally and 99.999% states with mask mandates and, and 99.999% in states without mask mandates. Kids have survived COVID. The same number in all three situations, or all two situations and nationally. Uh, you can find the piece at city-journal.org. Uh, city um, uh, you really need to read it because we, you, when you see it all together the way Jeff has put it together, it's just stunning, the stupidity that's going on all over the country. But uh, I really appreciate you coming on, Jeff, and I, I have a feeling I'll be calling you again. <laughs> this ain't <laughs> John, sounds great. Uh, <laughs> right. it, it, Thank thanks you. Thanks for the time. All right, we'll be right back. With SRN News, I'm Bob Agnew in Washington. President Biden is cheering the latest jobs report. Our country is taking everything that COVID has a throw at us, and we've come back stronger. I'm pleased to report this morning, but many of you already know, that America's job machine is going stronger than ever. And Bernie Bennett has a closer look at the numbers, rising despite the ongoing COVID-19 pandemic. U.S. job growth blew past expectations in January, Brushing off a record-breaking surge in COVID-19 cases nationwide that loomed over the economy as it threatened to sideline millions of workers. The Labor Department said in its monthly payroll report that payrolls in January rose by 467,000, easily topping the 150,000 jobs gained forecast. The unemployment rate, which is calculated based on a separate survey, ticked up slightly to 4%. That's Bernie Bennett reporting on Wall Street. The Dow up 80 points. This is SRN News. Cultural Marxism is spreading like wildfire in America. It shows up in everything from critical race theory to the LGBT movement to cancel culture. But did you know that this so-called woke ideology is also flooding into the church? Decide not to be content with merely being a non-racist. Will you decide to make the shift to anti-racism? The brand new documentary, How the Left is Stealing Your Church, exposes the infiltration of Bible-believing churches and denominations by an anti-God, anti-gospel agenda. From George Soros giving money to Campus Crusade to the Southern Baptist Convention's recent flirtation with critical race theory, you will discover how this false ideology is being smuggled into the evangelical church and how the left is stealing your church. Stream it now for $9.99 or get the DVD for $12.99. Watch on your phone, tablet, or TV. Go to SalemNow.com or look for the Salem Now app. The courage to do and say the right thing and fight for what is right in America. That is the winning quality of the Salem Culture Warrior of the Year for 2021. We are happy to announce Florida Governor Ron DeSantis is that winner. Voted on by Salem viewers and listeners all over the country. But we can't win this culture war with just one. We need millions like him to fight the good fight and join us in this battle to save America. Stay with us and find out how you can save America. AM 1250, The Answer. With Joe Biden and the radical Democrats pushing their socialist agenda, Pennsylvania needs to send a conservative fighter to the United States Senate. Carla Sands is a MAGA conservative who served on President Trump's foreign policy and economic teams. With deep roots in central Pennsylvania, Carla Sands shares our conservative values. Carla Sands is a Christian and a pro-life mom who will defend the unborn. Carla Sands is a job-creating businesswoman who will cut our taxes and get Washington off the backs of our small businesses. Carla Sands is a constitutional conservative who will protect our First and Second Amendment rights. And Carla Sands is a law and order conservative who will fight to finish President Trump's wall, crack down on election fraud, and stop Fauci's tyranny. MAGA conservative Carla Sands. She'll put America and Pennsylvania first. I'm Carla Sands, and I approve this message. Paid for by Sands for Senate. Hi, this is Joe Belanti with J&D Waterproofing at 1-800-BERRY-DRY. In honor of our 81 years serving the tri-state area, we are offering great savings for all our new and past customers. Call 1-800-BERRY-DRY. That's 1-800-BERRY-DRY to get your savings on basement waterproofing, bowing or cracking walls, and or footer stabilization projects. Or visit us at jdwaterproofing.com. J&D Waterproofing, family owned and operated since 1939. AM 12. And FM 92.5. The Answer. WPGP Pittsburgh, a division of Salem Media Group. Listen on the Answer mobile app, smart speakers, tune in, iHeart, or Odyssey. 
Stuck in traffic? We've got the answer. Good idea if you don't go out unless you have to, because we've got a flood warning in place until 7 p.m. Snow in the forecast around the area. Outbound 28, still a big backup. It's shut down between 366 and 356, and you'll see a jam up as you approach that closure point. Plenty of flooding closures around the area. 381, it's blocked between Laurel Glen Road and Lincoln Highway. Mon Wharf continues to be shut down. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson. AM 1250, the answer, weather. We'll see considerable cloudiness for tonight, a little snow with little to no accumulation. It'll be cold, though. Limited outdoor activity is recommended. We'll see a low of 11. Very cold tomorrow with clouds and breaks of sunshine. We'll reach a high tomorrow of 22. We'll wrap up the weekend Sunday under mostly sunny skies. We'll see a high Sunday of 38. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm forecaster Drew Shannon. The John Steigerwall Show, AM 1250, The Answer. Well, we've been talking about the stupidity of allowing men to compete against women in sports for quite a while here on this show. The most recent example is a guy named uh, Will Thomas who changed his name to Leah and went from swimming on the men's team at Penn to swimming on the women's team at Penn and then has made a mockery of a few competitions and set a bunch of records. Uh, Walt Heyer is a man who transitioned to a woman and then back to a man he now counsels people who have transgender regret. He's been on the show before, and he joins us now. Thanks for coming back on, Walt. How you doing? Hey, John. Good to be back on. Good to talk to you. So uh, you have a piece up at the Federalist. I've uh, caught my eye. Uh, and yeah. the, he- the headline is, Three Myths from Trans Folklorists That Allow Men <laughs> Like Mia Thomas to Hurt Themselves and Others. Now, before we get to the myths, uh, you're obviously not shy at all about referring to him as a man. And as you know, uh, that can get a guy canceled in a lot of places. I think I was canceled on Twitter for a while for for doing something similar to that. Well, John, the the guy's still carrying the boys around. And when he was on the men's swimming team, he ranked uh, like 422nd or something. And now that he's on the women's team, a guy on a women's team, he's ranked first. So... You know, this is just the most absurd thing I've ever heard. I mean, look at the guy. The guy's a giant. Is short. He's guy's bigger than I am, twice as big as I am. I mean, the guy's huge. Well, he's not a, it's a guy. Yeah. Well, you said he's carrying the, the boys around. I think you mean he hasn't had the surgery yet. Is that what you're saying there? I, yeah, I think, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I, got, I caught that. Yeah. 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 And he's showing them off to the girls in the locker room, too, by the way. Uh, yeah. And, and it's, and, and it's dri- and, yeah. And ignoring their their um, their uh, distress, he doesn't care about their distress. You know, if if he really cared about them, he would get the heck out of the locker room and hang up his um, women's swimsuit and go back and compete with the boys where he belongs. Yeah, and where he's a mediocre swimmer. Uh, right. I, he's a better swimmer than I am. I mean, he's a he's a he's he's swimming for a major college team, so I, I guess he has some kind of ability. Anyway. Um, I just saw today, just before I came in here today, 16 of the women on the team, the Penn team, have uh, finally come out of hiding, and, and they, they've written a letter to the NCAA asking the uh, asking someone, I don't know if it's the Ivy League or Penn or somebody, to prevent Thomas from competing. But here's right. the thing for me, Walt. Why are women who, direct, who are directly affected by this so afraid to go public? I've been saying while this story has been going on that I have no sympathy for these women because they they will express their dismay uh, with this and talk about how ridiculous it is, but they won't do it publicly. And finally, they're doing it, I guess, now. So by not not just in the case of a pen, but when, when these situations come up, it always seems like the women on the team are uh, go out of their way to to say how much they uh, understand that the, this this person, this man thinks he's a woman, and they understand it, they respect it, and blah, blah, blah. But they won't go on the record and, and say that they think it stinks for them as, as competitors and athletes. Is, are, they, are they just helping to keep the stupidity alive? Well, you know, they're running on fear. You know, the, the deal is that these gals, uh, any one of them ever gets going good and begins to do well, they, they'll never be able to do a commercial because they'll be banned from doing commercials. Mm-hmm. Their their worth goes in the tank because 
if they come out and, and talk like I do. I mean, yeah. I, I never had any, I never had any money anyway, so it doesn't really matter what I say. They can't right. they can't cancel an eighty one year old man. I've been around too long. So, uh, you know, the the point of the matter is they're fearful about being. Uh, having it ruin any opportunity they have in the future. So they're choosing their words very wisely, and and I totally understand that. Um, but, you know, it, we're talking about something here, John. No man in history has ever become a woman by taking hormones and surgery. This I, I, I feel like we're, we're talking about a subject that we should be talking to four- and five-year-old kids about. I mean, this is any adult person with a little bit of gray matter would understand that these are not women. I mean, you can't make yourself a woman by saying, I'm a woman. I feel like a woman. I identify. It's all nonsense. That's why I put this whole piece together, which I've written over 70 of those pieces. This is just one of them. I I, I agree with you about why they are uh, unwilling to to come forward and and uh, make their complaints public. But it only they only risk being canceled, and I understand the risk is there, and it's very real, uh, because there aren't enough of them doing it. If you're the only one who's who's willing to come out and say, "Hey, this is a guy, and I'm a woman, and I'm and I'm trying to, I've been working hard, and he's I'm finishing second to him. He's on my team. I, I would have won the, the the meet, except I finished second. If they, it's it's because not enough of them are coming forward. And I think it's because they've been brainwashed into believing that it's actually okay in some ways. Well, I totally agree with you. And, you know, you could take that and expand that out to our entire society. Why hasn't the entire society come out and say this is nonsense? I mean, there's only a few people like me speaking out and taking the hits from this. Everybody's so afraid of being, I mean, I've been canceled. You know, this is crazy. There isn't, you know, the people I talk to whisper and say, I know they're not women, but, you know, it'll happen. They'll call me transphobic. Or, yeah. Who cares? Yeah. I, who cares I sure if they don't. call you transphobic? No. I, I mean, I I don't give a rip what they call me. And I'm not going to call them a, a woman when they're a man. Because well, they're not. Uh, the use of the word folklore, I think, is interesting. <laughs> that was on purpose. I know. <laughs> it is folklore, though, and it's a, to be folklore, you have to be um, very much a part of the uh, fabric of society now. It's it's accepted, is what, I guess is what you're saying. It's an accepted uh, yeah. fact. Yeah, I mean, it's, this is child's play. It's like everybody running around going, oh, look at that, he's a woman. No, he's not. Well, we you know, I... Yeah. Oh, go ahead. No, finish your thoughts. I was here. just going to say, when I told my friend, you know, when I would lived as Laura Jensen for eight years, and I told my friend Bill, I said, hey, Bill, you're going to have to start using the pronouns and calling me Laura. And he kind of put his hand on his chin, and he thought for a minute like he was really in deep thought. And uh, he says, you know, I think I figured out the pronoun for you. I said, oh, okay. He said, it's wacko. I'm just going to call you wacko. <laughs> and, Were you deeply and, you know, insulted at the time? No, I laughed my head off, you know. It's it's funny. I mean, actually, that's probably the perfect pronoun for this entire thing. Yeah, and you, just uh, to review, because I've had you on before, but if people haven't heard you on the show before, could you just give us the quick uh, Cliff Notes version of your story? Yeah, I mean, I was a a cross-dressing young boy at four years old and thought I was born in the wrong body and went all through life and went to one of those uh, people at the gender clinics and they go, oh, well, you got gender dysphoria, which is a crock. And what you need is hormones. That's a crock. What you need is surgery. That's another big lie. And so I believed them. And I went through all that stuff and had all the body parts rearranged, took the hormones, changed my name to Laura Jensen legally, lived eight years as a female until I started reading books on psychology at UC Santa Cruz and found out people who identify as a different gender and call themselves transgender have mental disorders. Mm-hmm. Now, oh, okay. Why do I want to run around identifying as someone who has a mental disorder? And so, you know, in my case, it was it arose out of the fact that I was sexually and physically abused and as a so child, had, right? As a child. Mm-hmm. So, you know, people, who, you know, about seventy percent of the people I work with, John, who have come out of this and want to detransition, were sexually abused as children. Yeah. I see stories on this subject um, 
on conservative outlets uh, like the one with the with the swimmer at Penn, and even even though they're opposed to him swimming, it seems like they're all careful to refer to him when they're writing the story as she or her. Yeah. Yeah. What does that do to encourage and promote the stupidity? They're they're writing a piece that's saying that they think this is ridiculous that men are competing against women, but they refer to this person as a she or a her. Which I, I just, it doesn't make none of it makes sense, but that's another part no. of the stupidity to me. Well, you know this. What what's happened now is you know this has really migrated down to where it's really harming children. And I, I'm now working with children as as young as 13 years old, 14, 15, 16. I had one <clears throat> parent help their son go to a gender clinic at 15 years old. Got him on hormone blockers at 18. Um, he, he did all the surgical stuff with the parents sitting there applauding all this stuff. And, you know, he, he's now quote female by their standards. And he contacted me at age 19 and he said, I want all my body parts back. You know, he said, he said, uh, I, I didn't have gender dysphoria. He said, I was addicted to pornography and thought I was a transgender. And, and so were you able to help him? Well, I can't get his body parts back, yeah. but he detransitioned, and you know his parents don't want him to detransition because now they're embarrassed. Well, because you know they signed up for it and kind of helped him along, so now you know they're they're sort of fighting. Well, are you sure you want to do? You know, it's like no, he wants to detransition, but now they're part of the problem. It's not become. It's become to, to the point where. It's. Uh, it seems to me that it's not only not discouraged it's glamorized and encouraged when when a kid shows an inclination to head in that direction it's uh, there are out there people out there bragging about it yeah i mean this is supposed to be like the new trend you know mm-hmm. what the, what people don't realize is that i work have worked now with thousands of people who detransitioned so i think that the people we should be celebrating are the people who detransition. I mean, I'm working with a 26-year-old guy. I'm working with a 28-year-old, uh, working with another one. I think he's 21 or 22. These are the ones that, in my view, are the heroes. But they don't want anybody to know that they're detransitioning because they themselves are embarrassed about it. Mm-hmm. Well, who are they embarrassed? What, what are they embarrassed because the people who have uh, celebrated them for their, their initial transition, are they're embarrassed because of them? About what they'll think yeah, well, about that, them. You, you find you find a lot of people. Well, I supported you. Now, what do I do? You know, yeah. and they they yeah. they sort of dump on them. You know, it's like, well, uh, how come you made me go through all this? Like they're the ones. Like the people who had to go through it with them are the ones who are suffering. What about the poor sap that uh, has a bunch of body parts missing? Yeah. And you can't get back. I, I've been bragging about you, and now you're going to go do this. This is embarrassing to me. Unbelievable. Right. Um, so yeah. I, I want to get to the three myths because the headline is. Um, the, th- the three myths that uh, allow men like Mia Thomas to hurt themselves and others. So uh, i got about five minutes to go here, four minutes. Let's start real quickly with number one here. Sex and gender are separate and assigned. Yeah, well, that's total bony. <laughs> Anybody that knows anything about biology and so forth, there's a sperm in a male, and there are only a male and a female. So there's sperm in the male, egg in the female. The sperm, you know, flows from the male to the female into the fallopian tube, it connects at that point. That's called conception. And your gender and sex are fixed and innate and unchangeable at that point. Nine months before you're ever born, your gender and sex are already fixed by biology, egg, and, and sperm. And so that this, uh, the expression assigned at birth, he was assigned male at birth. That's insanity, yeah. correct? Right. Well, they came up with that term so that they can convince people, well, if it was assigned at birth, then, then I can unassign it. Uh-huh. You know, but the fact of the matter is they didn't, uh, all they did was recognize, you know, they, they, they're trying to turn this whole thing upside down and make it like people can change their gender like it's a vending machine. I put that in there too, but it's not. <laughs> Nonsense. Yeah. Myth number two, hormones and surgery can change men into women and women into men. Yeah, this is, this, nobody in the history of mankind, no doctor, no surgeon, no medical procedures have ever accomplished 
changing a man biologically into a woman. And the amount of hormones that you have in their system has nothing to do with it. There's a lot of men have low testosterone and men and women that men have estrogen in them anyway. It's just, there's a balance in our system. You need both to make it function. Uh, estrogen and testosterone don't either make, won't make a woman a man and estrogen won't make a man a woman. So we need all these components. This is called biology. Simple. <laughs> that's what they should be teaching. Yeah. Myth number three, and you have personal experience with this one, and they lived happily ever after. Yeah, well, you know, I've got a website, sexchangeregret.com, and I've had it for about 12 years. And I have over 10,000 emails in my inbox from that website. And that should tell everybody that not everybody lives happily ever after. Yeah. Now, um, uh, I only have about a minute and a half to go here. Um, how much are yeah. psychiatrists and school counselors responsible for the spread of this stupidity? Uh, how much are well, they pushing I, I, it? Well, I think they're they're pushing it because the government's pushing it. Mm-hmm. Because we have the, the left uh, who advocates for this, the gender clinics. Uh, now they're passing laws where you can't, quote, talk somebody out of it. It's like, talk somebody out of it. The person's hurting. They've been sexually abused. They've been emotionally abused. So I think we're all responsible for it. If everybody were speaking like I am, uh, we could end this in a heartbeat. No one needs surgery. No one needs hormones. No one needs to re-identify. We need to sit down with these individuals and find out what's causing them to not like who they are and making them think that they can become someone who they can't. That's why it's a, uh, the whole thing is a folly. Uh, it's folklore. It's nonsense. Real quick, about 15 seconds. I started having you on the show a couple of years ago to talk about this. Since then, have things gotten better or worse? Worse. Wow. And and that was, yeah. that was a quick answer. <laughs> and no- Yeah, I mean, I'm working with a lot more people than, than I ever have. There's more people that are being harmed by this than ever before, John. Sick. Well, I'm, I'm sure I'll have you on again because you write great stuff and you're a good person to have on to blow holes through this whole uh, myth that's out there. I appreciate it, Walt. My pleasure, John. Thank you. Okay. Good night. Good night. That's Walt Heyer. We'll be right back. So uh, earlier today, my wife uh, saw somebody stepping outside for a smoke. Uh, and she used to smoke, and so did I. She smoked longer than I did. But she stepped outside for a smoke, and uh, this person stepped outside for a smoke, and my wife said, man, it's, it, when I smoked, everybody smoked, and you could just sit around the house and smoke, and nobody cared, and you had ashtrays and all that stuff, and I, I just must be so tough to smoke right now. So it got me to thinking about our sponsor, MyNicotineTest.com, because I just the number of people who are out there stepping outside to grab a cigarette on a day like today, because you can't smoke inside anymore like you used to, uh, that's why you need, if that's you and you want to quit, you got to uh, check out MyNicotineTest.com. You do a urine test. They come up with the uh, the system for you based on your uh, chemistry, how much nicotine you have in your system. They'll come up with a plan to help you quit. Uh, and it works on not just smoking, but also vape, uh, not just cigarettes, but vaping and smokeless tobacco. If you have questions, you can call My Nicotine Test at 1-800-45-SMOKE. 1-800-45-SMOKE. It's 70% effective. Think about that. It's a tough thing to quit. Try it. MyNicotineTest.com. Do your pets have the same energy they used to? Do they have problems with itching, scratching, a dull coat, or gooby ears? Then your pets need Dinovite. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. For over 20 years, pet owners have trusted Dinovite to supplement their pet's diet. We started Dinovite and in our first box, we noticed a difference. Dinovite is an all-natural daily supplement made from whole foods that helps support your pet's immune system, digestion, skin, and coat. Within three weeks, he's not scratching and itching, and he's an all-around happier dog. Today's commercial pet foods are processed at high temperatures, which bakes out all the essential goodness. These processed foods can lack the essential vitamins, enzymes, and probiotics that contribute to overall good health. Adding a scoop of Dynavite to your pet's food bowl is the answer. If you love your pets as much as I do, you'll want to do what's best for them to live long, healthy, happy lives. I have two cats and two dogs. All four of them are on the Dynavite. You won't believe how happy your dog will be. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. 
When it's time to replace your roof, siding, gutters, and downspouts, entry doors, and, of course, windows, you can count on Windows R Us, the area's premier exterior replacement company. This is John Stoggerwall. With over 50 years' experience in the home remodeling industry, Windows R Us offers repair and replacement for all your exterior home projects. Why pay double with some other companies? Windows R Us will always give you the best price on the best in-class products, backed by the best warranties in the industry, all with zero sales pressure. And speaking of zero, right now get zero interest financing for 12 months and no processing fee through Dollar Bank. With prices set to increase on all exterior products, lock in your quote today. Schedule a free estimate at windowsarustpittsburgh.com. Find them at the Pittsburgh Home Show going on now and the Pittsburgh Remodeling Expo at Heinz Field beginning February 11th. This is the John Stacker Walt Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. So I got about a minute and a half to finish up a little sports note here. The uh, NFL is really struggling right now with the uh, racial situation, and uh, Flores, the coach in Miami, is suing, and they only have one black coach in the league right now, head coach, who's uh, and that's Mike Tomlin. And they keep uh, asking the NFL to fix it and asking white owners to hire black head coaches, and so I came up with an idea that will never work, but it's the only, I think it's the only thing that should even be considered, and that is uh, the, somebody should challenge the NFL's monopoly, okay? There are 32 teams in the NFL. There are cities like Nashville, uh, not Nashville, I'm sorry. There are cities like San Antonio, San Diego, St. Louis, Portland, Oregon, um, that don't have football teams and should and could. And the only reason they don't is because the NFL has a monopoly. There are uh, about 1,200 black players in the NFL. They are averaging about $800,000 a year, but there are tens of, of lots and lots of players making tens of millions of dollars and who have signed contracts worth 100, over $100 million. They need to get together. They need to pressure the government to get rid of the, the NFL's monopoly Force the NFL either to expand or create a league that can work without the NFL's monopoly and then get black owners. And they can find it with players who are making all this money now, plenty of investors out there to do it. To me, that's the only way it's ever going to be fixed. It's not going to change waiting for white guys to hire black coaches. It's not going to happen. John Steigerwald Show is a production of the Answer Pittsburgh and Salem Media Group. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.